Whether you're coming from a boat or a stand, welcome back to the lodge with your hosts, Matthew Dredska. Wait, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. No, no, come on, no. Dang. Patrick Mudge. I really don't know what to say that's funny because I'm not a very funny person. <laughs> True. <laughs> and Nick Condor. There's a difference between picking and itching. <laughs> don't tell me they're gone. I won't have nothing left. Don't tell me you're strong. And you got no regrets. If thinking about us, thinking about them, thinking about how I could have been, don't cross your mind. So if you do don't tell me Don't tell me Back to the Lodge is brought to you by Icy Tech USA What's going on guys? It's a 6 o'clock hour here in West Tennessee We're in the Icy Tech studios I'm Matt I'm Will Nick. And I'm Rick And I'm Nick Turn my mic on. I'm Nick. <laughs> wow, already Nick? Hey, there's we, a lot of buttons I got to push over here. We were just bragging on you 30 seconds ago. Man, I really do appreciate that. <laughs> no longer. <laughs> Take it off, man. <laughs> well, as you guys noticed, Patrick is not here tonight. Uh, he is out on business. Uh, he will return again next week. Um, is that you bringing me up right now? Yeah. Yeah, it sounded quiet. Um, a little bit. So Patrick's out. It'll just be me and Will, and we've got a guest here. Well, and Nick. I guess Nick's here. Yeah, I'm here with his super <laughs> fresh new haircut. Man, you like that? Very much so. I do you like that. Yeah. Hang on, let me. These cameras don't want to focus. But they are now. Yeah, I got that. Got that nasty fade going on. Man. Uh, and enough hairspray to start a bonfire. You ain't kidding. <laughs> The only non-veteran looking like the veteran. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Wow. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the highest and tightest in this room. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, good. let's uh, cover, I guess, a little bit of recaps from last week. What a... Well, never happened. Why? You were like, you were like that one person that I never thought Always. that would happen to. Why? Because you didn't think he owned a phone? What? It seems like every show we're like, hey, man, uh, you want to get the app so we could use your phone? No, nope, can't do it. Not going to update my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook. Flip phones have that now. I think. We're good now. <laughs> Nick, did you do anything this weekend, man? <sighs> I actually did. So, I'm singing at the mic stand this, this Friday night. From eight to ten, and right on. I sat down. Me and my fiance did, and we we did it. We we made it. We made a playlist, so or a set list, should I say? So you're playing this coming? Yes. Ah. Did y'all not know that? No. Well, you do now. I do now. So guess who isn't going to come? Wow. <laughs> wow. We'll be busy. Yeah. Is that right? I forgot. <laughs> I'm gonna be sick. I got that. I'm sick that day. That thing? I'm not. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Gingivitis. You, you're really not going to... Wow. You know what? Nick, I you might. know we'll be there. Why would you stop? <sighs> what night did you say it was? Friday or Friday. Something? No, busy. <laughs> I can stand you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, what time did you say again? It's at the mic stand Friday. Friday from 8 to 10. 8 to 10. It's past my bedtime. Friday. I know. That's a, that's a lie. I'll come to this place, Nick. There you the, go. I appreciate that. See? See? That's, That's a nice he just, guy right there. He just met you. I'll turn my hat on backwards. And I'll <laughs> he doesn't back. know you yet. <laughs> you got to squat when you walk in. I got to be the right height and everything. I got you. Man, I got you. I Thank stand you. stand you. What'd you do this weekend? Uh, I, okay. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. That's interesting. Doesn't sound uh, like much. Didn't I see you this weekend? No. <laughs> it's weird. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. 
Uh, Remember we were going to cook the pork butt this weekend. Right, and you ditched me. Yeah. Mostly because I don't like you. That's the fourth time you've mentioned it, though. For the record, um, you let me down again. I really don't remember what I did this weekend. I don't. Hang on, just a second. It's kind of uneventful. Do, do I see a fresh haircut underneath that hat since the last time I've seen you? No. <laughs> no, I actually shaved my head Friday. Friday. It yeah. looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> it was I got, Friday. Uh, I got like a five and a half o'clock shadow on my head. Like you clean shaved it. Clean he, shaved it. Wow. Like he, he has to. There's none on the top. Mm-mm. I've, I got like a, a – you got a high and tight. I got a low and loose when I let it grow. <laughs> low and loose. <laughs> low and loose. <laughs> I had a drill instructor one time tell me that. He said, fix your head. I like, can't. Oh, I know. <laughs> Actually, Friday, your show aired. Yes. Wine yeah. with Will. Wine with Will. The pilot episode. Yeah, the pilot dude. episode. That Short was, and sweet. <clears throat> it was, but that was that's my favorite outhouse. Um Probably ever. I don't have experience with that many, but so that's a surprise. <laughs> well, I mean, you find one you like and you stick with it. Did you happen to catch yeah. the episode or even know uh, what we're I talking about? Wine in the outhouse. That's, <laughs> so Will's right <laughs> Will's a character. So we just started him a show called Wine with Will because oh, he's okay. such a wine connoisseur, which he isn't, and you'll figure that out in the show. <laughs> but he sits there and he Get tells a story. Want. So the first episode is just a short about him, who he is, and there's an old outhouse behind my house yeah. that was there long before I bought this house, probably before I was born. <clears throat> Philip built it. For yeah, allegedly. Davy Crockett. And uh, <laughs> I, that's where the that's where the I'm a the shooting of the first episode was was him sitting in that old outhouse. Hey, that's about as exciting as Doug Dynasty right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's good stuff. Except that's unfortunately, good. this is real. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> so wine with Will Aaron. Yeah. That was fun. Um, I had a good time. Uh, and then I I guess that was it. I don't know. I didn't even ride this weekend. I mean, I did stuff. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I don't think I did. I don't think I did. Um, <clears throat> keeping up with the baby chicks. We did get baby chicks. Your wife's okay with that? Yeah. All them chicks running around? Mm. She wasn't before I bought them, um, but my buddy Jake and his wife drew her up. Um, I don't think he picked up on where I was going with that. I don't, I don't think he did. Was that, were they here this weekend? No, last weekend. It was last weekend? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, the chicks are doing great. Um, they're growing and chirping loudly. Uh, I don't think she's okay with them still being in my garage. <laughs> the the pun I was making was chicks as in females. Right. No, I got it. I don't think no. they did. They did too. Nick just figured it out when you said it. But <laughs> aside from that, you know, we're good. I wasn't going to say anything. We know. I was just going to let you go on with it. But you know. <clears throat> they're awesome though. Uh, Should have brought some. Yeah. Didn't think about it. They're like nugget size still. My daughter asked me today when we went to Tractor Supply if I'd buy her some chicks, and you said no. no I'm lame. <laughs> I right. said no. Well, I will. <clears throat> Ray, if you're watching or listening, I will bring you your rabbit and some chicks. <laughs> hey, do you have any ducks? Yes, he does. I have you, one. You super, have one. Super friendly. It duck. thinks it's a chicken, um, <laughs> and a it gets so excited. It's it's a muscovy, so it doesn't want okay. a pond or anything. Yeah. But if you get a little rain puddle, she goes crazy. <laughs> like she just like a bird in a bird bath in a movie or like a cartoon yeah. or something. She just she goes crazy and. Uh, we got our first egg off of her probably last week. Um, delicious. Now, kind of. Are y'all are y'all close to like any kind of pond area or anything like that? This front yard Where, is a pond right now. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. No, I no, mean it, it just is right now. Oh. There's ruts and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever you're picturing, it's exactly it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So the ducks having a heyday today. Absolutely. <laughs> Muskies don't really care about ponds. They're the ones that. I mean, they lay their own eggs, and they make their own yeah. nest in, like, stumps and stuff. Sure. Do other ducks not lay their own eggs? They have somebody else do uh, it. Typically, it's kind of like <laughs> duck surrogates. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you thought I was going to let it slide. <laughs> I did. I really did. But, no, they, they make their own nest, and they, they'll hatch their own young, um, which most chickens and, and ducks like that we have just won't. Uh, Heritage breeds will. Some animal husbandry for your... Mm. Evening, <laughs> track supply does actually have good ducks, but if you can buy local, buy local because yeah. that makes it cooler. And you yeah. actually, you could see the 
I mean, the whole setup of everything. Right. Um, anybody yeah. can order from a hatchery, but, you know, going and picking out your chickens <clears throat> and your ducks is pretty cool. Yeah. Or doves. No guy's Yummy. Got, no guy's got homing <laughs> pigeons for sale. Whew. That'd be cool. I think so. I mean, I don't know how you train a homing <laughs> pigeon, I guess. You just kind of, like, give it a box to sleep in. and Trial like, and error. Come back here. <laughs> yeah. you know. Or don't. <laughs> man, I, I was sitting over thinking, I was like, man, how am I going to live up to this? Ducks, chickens, and spitting in a bottle. How in the world can I live up to this? Man? <laughs> that is Will Easley. Right and there. Goats. And wine in goats. the toilet. Wine, wine in the toilet. Wine man. in the toilet. And uh, You are now my idol. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You're one of mine. So I, I wasn't wide enough in the hips to it was a legitimate outhouse yeah. i mean there is a large hole whoever it was built for large person was hefty yeah. um at one point in time so i had trouble because i had to kind of balance the whole time so it's kind of like yeah. a core workout i remember as a kid i had so you uncle. do a lot of those <laughs> as a kid i had this uncle and he got him a little money and he put himself a two-seater so that was pretty exciting Ooh. back then you can sit there and talk to somebody. This could, right. this, this, you, could, <laughs> you could put two seats on this one. You hole. could. Yeah. You could. It's, it's, um, it is big. Yeah. And it's got air conditioning from all the bullet holes in the sides. <laughs> Catch a cross breeze, you know. Hey, it probably needs a breeze, don't it? <laughs> it's <laughs> neat, though. Like, the, the siding of it is old plywood mm-hmm. signs Sign, from, yeah. from some business that, was, That's uh, cool. that either changed their sign or went out of business. But it's it's really neat. It, <laughs> you can charge for advertisement by getting there doing your thing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> ain't coming to my house. Yeah, it's good <laughs> stuff. But I can't find it. Yeah, That's true. <laughs> That's true. GPS That's stops like two miles before that. She's like, just guess from here. You know. Well, I, I had a little fun. old bow fishing tournament this weekend. Yeah. That yeah we tell them why you ditched me on some pork butt. Yeah. Yeah. That we won this weekend. And nice tournament. Uh, hard fishing, rainy, windy, not ideal conditions, but we pulled it out. Um, so first and hopefully not, but might be the only tournament of the year for me, bow fishing wise, because I'll start my crappie fishing stuff and push on with that. But yeah, had a good weekend, slept all day Sunday, and that was about it. So but you made a really cool story, really short. I know it's just a lot of people don't. You're shooting fish with a bow. I know. Because I did it last week. Been a long yeah. time since I shot a bow, and I was very terrible. Well, I brought you. You came with us on Monday when we scouted and found all of our fish, and we had a lot of fish. We thought that we were sitting somewhere between 400 and 500 fish is wow. what we were going to. So what type of fish do you usually go for with Gar. Gar is my number. Only only because they're smaller. You yeah. can put more of them in a boat. Um, I prefer Gar, but... I shoot not the number side of a tournament, so you win by if I bring in more fish than you. So I just care about numbers. One fish is one fish, whether it's a 50-pound fish or a 4-ounce fish. doesn't matter. Um, our, the gar hole that we were in, we thought we'd shoot about 300 out of. Um, and then we had a hole that had a whole bunch of commons in it, common carp, that we thought we could shoot a couple hundred of. And showed up tournament night. We, we had another guy go look at our fish again Friday night to make sure the fish were still there for the tournament. And... Showed up tournament night like it always happens, and every fish was gone. The first, that gar hole was our first hole we went to where we thought we'd have 300, and we fished it for about 15 minutes and didn't see a fish. Not a single fish. Oh, not wow. a minnow, not a nothing. Oh, wow. Came to the, you know, the common hole, and it was the weird. I, I've seen fish leave overnight, but we pull up to that common hole and didn't see a single common all night, but there was all of a sudden <clears> buffalo <throat> carp. So it's a night Buffalo. thing? You, you oh, yeah. Night? yeah. Oh, okay. It was 7 o'clock at night till 7 in the morning. Oh, wow. Um, pulled up, and there was a completely different species of fish, nowhere near the number. But uh, it's something with the rain. The rain dropped the water temp 6 oh. degrees overnight. Um, I'm, I know that that was a big factor in it. It was super windy, which is really difficult on an airboat. Um, airboats just catch that wind, and it's hard to keep it where you want it. And It was just a tough night. But fortunately for us, our, our big fear was it was an open trailer tournament. So when you launch or when, when you leave the tournament grounds where the weigh-in and registration is, you can trailer to any public launch anywhere. Doesn't matter what state, doesn't, anywhere you want to go. You just got to be back in, we had daylight savings this time, so 11 hours. You had 11 hours. You'd be back there in 11 hours. Because that rain came through and messed us up, Potentially with that open trailer scenario, you could have driven to an area where the rain didn't hit, and if you were sitting on good fish, those fish could have still been there. We got lucky that 
everybody that we were fishing against, and there were some really good teams in it, they were also affected. And we just happened to put our plan B. Our plan B was a better plan than apparently everybody else's plan B. So we made it happen. Um, you know, we got got the win. Didn't think we would, so it's nice to pull up to weigh-ins thinking you got your teeth kicked in and then find out well, we doubled second place. So, oh, wow. so I mean, wow. we, we actually had it by a decent margin, but we didn't know that because yeah. we, we, we were a tenth of the fish, or no, we were a quarter of the fish. We brought back a quarter of the fish that we thought we would. So this is in this area? Because I've never even This one was it. up in Aurora, Kentucky, oh, okay. so just north of Murray. Okay. Um, so that's where Fun. the tournament grounds, hmm. that's where the, the tournament was out of. But there's tournaments. Every every major launch around here has tournaments now. Um, but they're all at night, so yeah. people don't you don't typically see us. You might hear us. Yeah. But You'll hear them. Yeah. <laughs> But, you'll hear them. Yeah. You live close. You'll it's not a quiet tight fishing thing. It can be. Uh, you can't with an airboat. There's just yeah. no way to make it quiet. Okay. It's just, it's, it's wild. It's weird. If you're on the boat, because the motor and the fan and everything are behind you, yeah. you don't hear as much when you're on the boat. We, we can sit there and talk just like mm-hmm. we're talking now mm-hmm. off the front of the boat. Now, when we get up on pad. When you're idling. Yeah, when you're up yeah. on pad moving from A to B, to, you know, going 30, 35 mile an hour, yeah. you have to have headphones on. Because then you can loud. hear it. I mean, it's yeah. now if you're behind the boat, even at an idle, it's loud. Yeah. I mean, it's a straight piped six zero. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's loud. Yeah. So, but no, good time. We had a good time. We won. We made a little bit of money on it, and well, won our first tournament of the year. So, yeah. good good start to the 2021 for us. Um. Anyways, all right. Enough about what we did. Let's get into our guest. Yeah. So, Rick Bailey, if you could. Please introduce yourself. All right. Hoo-ah, hoo-rah, and what we call the other one, hoo I don't know. <laughs> hoo <laughs> Yeah. Um, anytime I have a chance to talk to anybody, you know, if I'm in a public setting, you know, I usually start out with one of those words. They all mean the same, depending on what branch, you know, we've used them for different things. But the, what the meaning is, it means yes, it means can do, and it means something positive. And anytime, being a retired military person, 23 years, anytime I get a chance to hang out with my brother veterans, yeah. you know, it's a positive thing for me, you know, because that's what my life's been from my 23 years in the military for, to my 15 years since I retired. You know, that's right. what it's all about for me. And I think a lot of us, when we, when we first get out, you know, that's one of the things that, that happens to us. You know, we start missing. Absolutely. We start missing yeah. our buddies, yep, missing sure. the camaraderie. and. And, man, you know, I know with me it took me about a year to figure out what I was going to do after that, you know, and I needed something similar. And wow. uh, But I'll tell you a little bit. I'll tell you who I was in the military real quick, and then I'll kind of tell you how I transitioned. But uh, in the military, I did 23 years. It was Air Force that I went in. I know a lot of people. That's the lighter, the executive type you of stuff. You should be pretty comfortable right there, shouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he was talking about drinking wine in the toilet, and I was thinking, I was in the Air Force, man. I was drinking it in a clubhouse. <laughs> Yeah, cognac and yeah. a, a lazy with, boy. Mimosas <laughs> with breakfast at the held, chow hall. Yeah, we held our pinky up like that, yeah, you know, instead Classy. of drinking out of the bottle. Oh, so you know, we, were, we were good on that side. But, but yeah, I did 23 years. My first nine, you know, after I hit the nine-year point, I became a first sergeant. And uh, the mission statement for a first sergeant is, the, you know, my mission's people. People's my business. That's yeah. what I did. You know, from the nine-year point to the 19-year point, you know, my job was to take care of people. No matter what the problem was, it you know during one of my squadrons I took care of, in a I think it was a in a four month period I had 28 domestics you know that led to people in hospitals you know so my job was to take care of that 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 spouse that military person that wife that husband you know whatever it may be and uh, and I loved it because it gave me an opportunity to be there you know for for individuals and then when i hit my 19 year point i sort of promoted myself out of that and i became a command chief my last job was with AWACS. you know uh, we did a big airplane we had 20 something people in the back of the airplane watching scopes and so like army marines as you guys are moving on the ground we were watching in on our scope we'd let you know when bad guys were coming we'd radio down tell you we did a lot of drug stuff down in south america where we would go down and watch drug boats and and then i made a decision retired to 23 year point and i was lost yeah Mm-hmm. I was lost. You know, I went from being the command chief of 4,800 people to right. what am I going to do when I wake up this morning? And one of the things, y'all talked about a haircut. You know, I quit cutting my hair. Yep. <laughs> For a whole year, I didn't cut my hair. I just wore a hat every day. Took it off, and I could have done a ponytail. So I'm starting I to I cut it a little that. more now. But, yeah, yeah I, I was blessed a little bit with my hair compared to Will over here. But, um, but with that, you know, as a civilian, you know, I was sort of lost. So what I did was I opened up a security guard company in Memphis. Mm-hmm. I started with one client. 
said, all I'm going to do is hire a veteran. So I was the first person that I hired. And then within a year, we had about 100 people. So, you know, we were wow. blessed, and about 75% of them were veterans. Right. And uh, and all of a sudden, you know, I know this sounds sounds horrible, but in a, in a positive way, you know, you understand it. I had veterans with PTSD. They needed me because yeah. yep. I needed to be needed. Yep. Right. You know, my mission, I tell everybody goals are so important. In Air Force, we call our military, we call goals our mission. Right. And I needed a mission. You know, here I was in AWACS, you know, when anything would happen on the news, I need to go to the bunkers. You know, we were figuring out where we were right. going to send airplanes. The president moved from point A to point B. We were watching him. We were overhead watching him. And uh, so I needed that. And so Memphis is, has a has plenty of crime. Yeah, it's really safe. Yeah. Really safe place. So, <laughs> so I had a mission. I was going to go in there and I was going to change all of Memphis, save the world. And I quickly realized I couldn't do that. But I could put people, I could give them a mission again that were veterans, make them feel right. important again. And we went there. We did some good stuff other than secure people. You know, we put together, I put together businesses made up of kids from underprivileged locations. And right. I'd have a president that was 12 years old and a, and a awesome. vice president was 10. And yeah. every Friday, my guys would go out there and give them pizza if they cleaned up the property. Mm-hmm. You know, I would meet with different gangs around town. Now it's, here it is 15 years later. I still have my company. You know, we're in Memphis and sure. Knoxville, but I, I don't do so much of that anymore. What I'm doing now with another place I've got is our gym around here called yeah. Hometown Fitness, and, and we have a top flight CrossFit. And so my mission here, I still got that one going in Memphis, but I'm putting more of my heart and soul in this one is, uh, and I'll tell you this, I won't keep rattling so much, but we got a pandemic still going on that's been going on yeah. a long time. It's not the virus. You know, we still got a lot of guys out there with PTSD. Yeah. You know, a couple months ago, I was in Dresden, Tennessee. I got called down, and, and we have a guy that was in 16 years, Green Beret. And he's walking outside of the old hotel in Dresden, you know, in his underwear. And he's lost, man. He's sitting here. I took two guys with me, and as we're coming up, he's got this paint stirrer, and he's chewing it into a knife. And I'm like, I told the guys, hey, we're going to tell him we love him. He's probably going to kill us after that, but but we're going to let him know we love him. So we get out of the car, and we say, hey, man, look, I'm a veteran. I love you. I'm here. What you need, man? And right. we got him some clothes, got him some food. And the guy, one of the guys with me, Chris Smith, you guys know Chris yeah. Smith. Absolutely. And I'll mention him more in a little while, man, because he's got a mission here. It's crazy. Yes, he yeah. So he works with the Great people dude. right out of prison, on rehab. And so I try to help jump on the bandwagon with him. Talk to him just before I come over here. And he's like, let him know, man. Let him know. Yeah. We yeah. need to awaken the community. We need to get some <laughs> yeah. help. And uh, so he's passionate. Yes, he's he passionate. Is. You, can, you can feel it when, oh, he, when he talks. It's not just words. It's, it's not words, yeah. man. He puts it into action. Yep. And so we Be you know, about it. Yeah, so we're trying to do that here locally, the PTSD guys, but not oh, not only them, but but you know I know in the Bible I won't get on my Bible thing, but it tells you to take care of the widows and the and the hungry that can't take care of themselves, and believe it or not, in Carroll County, just one example, you got grandparents inheriting kids. Yeah. So we don't think about that. So when they inherit these kids, because mom and dad is on meth, and mom and dad is not able to take care of the kids because they end up right. in jail. The parents don't get government assistance. They don't right. get assistance from the government. Sure. There's no money coming in. Mm-hmm. So the only food these kids are getting is from Perkins Center or they're getting food from school. So during this time when the school shut down, man, they're yeah. going hungry. So my mission, my another you know small mission I had was when money comes into our gym, the mm-hmm. money that sets aside for me, I put it back into right. taking care of people. Because right. people were my business. That's what it was, my business as a first sergeant. People were my business. And I still... I had that need to do that. You know, it just, it's, you know, it's just something I feel like I was born to do and I'm going to keep doing it till the day I die. And, and it's about taking care of veterans, taking care of, you know, people in need and, and man, people getting out of prison, you know, they don't, they need a second chance. They did yep. their time. Yep. And so that's something Chris and I work on together yep. is of now on Saturdays at our top flight, top flight gym. Mm-hmm. What we do is we got about 10 people that just got out of jails and rehab program and we let them come free. Okay. You know, I will never charge a veteran at my gym that can't afford to pay. Right. You know, Will knows. We have examples of that. You know, when somebody comes there and they don't have the money, but they yeah. have a need to yep. get in their workout because working out is so healthy mentally. Yep. And uh, they, they don't have to pay a dime. Right. You know, and same thing at the top flight. You know, so on Saturdays, we got 10 people out there right before Chris and Jordan take them through a workout. They will take and they read a little Bible verse, you know, just stuff about strength, you know, strength through, through God. Because we all need him because we're all a mess. Yeah. And uh, and then right afterwards, they asked the 10 people, you know, hey, what's this mean to you? And mm-hmm. and what can we do better to take care of you? And and so that's what we're doing at our top flight gym. And, and uh, man, I just, you know, thanks for the opportunity to come on here. Because, you know, like I said, I didn't talk a lot. I don't toot myself on, when it comes to my military career because I feel blessed that I was able to serve. 
uh, one of my favorite Bible verses is blessed are the peacemakers, yeah. you know, because you guys were peacemakers. You know, we, we yeah. do what we do because we love our country, we love our family. We don't go over in any environment because I've been in some weird environments like Philippines and different places where you're in danger. You never think of yourself. Right. You're thinking of your buddy. Yep. You're thinking of your family back home. And here's what I was, you would always think. Do they know I love them? Right. Are they, they, they set up financially? And all, you're worried about that part of it. You never worry about yourself, you know, and, and I love that about veterans and police officers and, and anybody that's out there in a, in a servant-type role. Right. But that was me. I'm sorry I didn't mean no. to rattle so long, man. No. But this is it. about you. Right. Hey, <laughs> but um, They get to hear us way more than they probably want. I mean, your, your gym has helped me out, and obviously – some physical ways. I had a lot of back problem and you know, my wife, she helps out with spin yeah. class and oh, yeah. now she's now that Allie's down for a time she she's running the spin class for a little yeah. bit and my wife's been working out ever since she kicked our baby out of her. And she's been <laughs> saying ever since then, Hope's been in a gym or working yeah. out and she's been telling me forever, man, you need to get back in the gym, your back will feel better. <clears throat> and I, although I knew it was true, yeah. I was reluctant to go back. So beginning of this year, I decided I was going to go back and I've gone five or six days a week now for well, three months now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, physically I feel a whole lot better. My back doesn't hurt me anywhere yeah. near as bad, but you hit on something and it's been my mental health yeah. sense. Oh yeah. It's, you know, I go early in the morning, wake up, drop my daughter off at school. I go hit the gym. There's a couple things I love about it. Number one, I'm still at the point where I'm killing myself in the gym. Yeah. I am trying to leave there not physically hurt, but exhausted. But what I love about that is by 8.30 in the morning, I've already accomplished a very physical task. And the rest of the day, I already feel accomplished. Yeah. I already yeah, feel like I've done something. You accomplished a mission, didn't you? Right? Yeah. your mission to go in there and work out for that morning. We like need when mission. They, when they say make your bed, you know, that video that went viral said, it, or eat the frog, if anybody knows, yeah. you know, that, that reference. If you start your day with probably the most exhaustive, physical thing that you're going to do all day. Yeah. If you have a crap day the rest of the day, you know that you at least did something. Yep. You're not going to go to bed that night like, man, I didn't do anything today. Well, you did. You accomplished something. Something, li- little victories, little wins, whether it's making your bed or going to the gym yep. or and, and we get to know each other, which each other will feed into, you know, making sharpening our swords, so to speak. You know, that's what we do for each iron other. Sharpens iron. And you may come in with a bad day. I may have a bad day. And I'll yeah. see a veteran come in, man, we talk about old times or, you know, yeah. like you talk about your wife, Hope, you know, her brother Nick, yeah. they served. Yeah. You know, Nick and I hit it off. You know, Nick brought me this book, you know, about leadership that he was good for him. And I took care of him at a time where he needed yeah. to take care of. It's about taking care of each other. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you a joke to lighten it up real quick because uh, – because I know we were sitting there, and it made me think of this joke. I hadn't thought of it in a long time, but I have to say it because that's what the three of us made me think of. There's these three old ladies. They were in their 80s, you know, and they, they lived together. And this, of course, is a southern thing. And they were all three sitting down at the breakfast table one morning. And one old lady said to the other two ladies, says, honeys. They called each other honeys because that's the south. So I'm going to go upstairs, and I'm going to take myself a bath. So she goes up the steps, and she uh, puts one leg in the bathtub and stops. And she yells out. She says, honeys. Was I getting in the bathtub or was I getting out of the bathtub? So the two old ladies left that table and they said, man, bless her heart, she's in bad shape. So the second old lady gets up and, and she'll go. She started walking up the steps. She got about halfway up and she stopped. She said, now, was I going up the steps or was I going down the steps? So she yells out, honeys, was I going up the steps or I was going down the steps? Old lady <clears throat> left at the kitchen table. She shook her head. It made me think of us a while ago. <laughs> but she shook her head, and she said, bless their heart. She said, thank God I am not in that bad of shape. She said, knock on wood. And she said, now, was that the front door or was that the back door? <laughs> so, so the moral of that story, it made me think of it, because the moral of that story is we're all, in, it, we're all messed up, man. Oh, yeah. We're all messed up, but we're all God's children, man. And, and blessed are the peacemakers. You know, we, we messed up, you know, but, but we were out there, you know, trying to keep everybody safe. And, and we still have that mentality. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you, if any of the three of us saw something going on in Mallards, you know, we would be the first to stand up and kind of rescue the underdog. That's just who we are. That's, that's where we're cut from. But, but that's what I want to let people know that gets out of the military, gets out of prison or, or, or has been addicted to drugs or any type of addiction. There's life after that, man. That's what I kind of do on my, my Bailey talk, you know, like my next thing is going to be talking about the apostle Paul. Cause man, he was a dirt bag. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a dirt bag. Yeah. And man, 
God picked him, man, because he was a dirtbag, and he knew he knew what it was like to mess up. Yeah. And used to, I was an instructor at the First Sergeant Academy, and when I would throw out a scenario, the guys in that class that had messed up and turned their lives around and becoming becoming a first sergeant, they right. were the best leaders. The ones that thought they were perfect were horrible right. leaders. Yeah. So I feel like God picks us, man. You know, us, our mess, our mess people like the three old ladies. He picks us because he knows, you know, we know challenges. We survive yeah. challenges. And, and, man, together we can still complete our mission. That's yeah. kind of what it's about, man. But but honestly, I, I love uh, opportunities to, to tell people about, you know, what you guys did, you yeah. know, and, and what I did. I was up playing cards in that airplane, you know. I was, we could be up, <laughs> we could be up, eight, we could be 800 miles from you. This is this is AWACS, right. you know, airborne warning systems. You know, I'm up there in this big plane. We're playing spades, and all of a sudden we're sitting there, and they're saying, "Hey, you know, we're getting ready to call in some, you know, call these fighters in on this place because we got these army or marine guys trapped, and they need us." And we put down the cards, guys. Boom, boom. All right, go hit this target. Boom, boom, boom. And they're like, "Whose turn is it?" Boom. You're <laughs> right lost back it. <laughs> you're, you know, somebody does switch cards on yeah. you. Yeah. Forget. <laughs> Did we bid four or six on that? <laughs> yeah. one? Right. You know, uh, six and a P. Yeah. <laughs> But, but I tell you, you know, I, I always laugh about it. But, you know, we have our combat guys, too. You know, we got our combat controllers that are laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about putting a laser on a target. Yeah. 200 yards away, it's going to get blown up. Yeah. We have our heroes called pararescue guys. Mm-hmm. I tell about one guy. His picture's on my gym. You, mm-hmm. Jason Cunningham. P, he's a PJ? He's a PJ. Yeah. Jason was 24 years old. This guy was, man, a hero. There was a couple of helicopters that had crashed. They had Navy SEALs in them. And they had crashed on the side of a mountain in Afghanistan. This guy, 24 years old, two kids, a wife back home. Uh, man, he was going in to try to rescue these guys because they were taking heavy fire. His helicopter, as it was landing, it was shot down. So now he's down, he gets out, and he needs to move these other two groups of Navy SEALs that's been injured to a safe location. Mm-hmm. So 24-year-old young guy, man, realizing he got his whole life behind him at home, he goes and he starts moving one Navy SEAL at a time. After I'm the 10th person. He's giving medical care to him the entire time. So on the 10th person, he finally took too many bullets. And he went to his knees, and Jason Cunningham, 24 years old, he died that day. And never once did he stop thinking, I've got to protect myself. He saved 10 people's lives that day, yeah. and he gave his own. So in the pararescue world in the Air Force, you know, their motto is, so others may live. Yeah. And uh and man, that's the heroes we got out there. Man, it gives me chills. I talk about Jason every public speech I'd ever give. Yeah. You know, in the military, I'd talk about Jason because you know he's Air Force. Yeah. And uh, and you know, it's a tough world when these guys get out of the military. We are doing a horrible job transitioning them into the into the civilian world. Always have. Yeah, I'm an example, man. You know, I was on my own. You know, and yep. I just luckily, thank God, I was strong enough that I realized that man, I needed him, and I need to get my butt a mission. Yeah, so I yeah. got myself a mission, and I could still need missions. I still get missions, you know. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, that's I want to tell about any time I get a chance to talk. I always throw out Jason's name, and I'll, every yeah. business I have, his pictures on my wall because yeah. it reminds me. It reminds yeah. me of why there's still people out yeah. there like Jason, yep. and I'm home flipping channels and watching TV in my safe little house, and right. and they're out there so I can be free. Yeah. yeah, I met a few PJs. So I uh, we've talked about it on the show. I help run a nonprofit called Special Ops Excursions. Mm-hmm. And I do the bow fishing stuff for them. And I think it was my third ever trip that I planned. We had eight soldiers come up, airmen come up, and uh, it was my first ever trip with PJs. Mm. And I had met a few while I was in the service, but never got close. Never, yeah. No, yeah. never, you know, sidebar conversations. Always mission oriented. And uh, these PJs show up out of Florida, and. They were all a touch of crazy. Yeah, they gotta be. And, and yeah, the rest of it, are. the rest of it was just fun, just yeah. full of fun. And get to talking. We were there for three days with with these eight eight PJs. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him John. Uh, John, one of the PJs. Me and him were talking one night just just after we got off the boat. And uh, he said, you know, I noticed your hero bracelet. He said, uh, tell me about him. So I was talking about my buddy Jesse, who whose helicopter went down in the uh, in. It was a Korangal province um, in, in Afghanistan. And he goes, that date's real familiar to me. He said, was he in a Blackhawk? I said he was. Blackhawk got shot down. And he goes, what was his name? I tell him, Jesse Williams. He goes, 
I was the PJ that was dropped in oh, wow. to go recover the helicopter. Wow. Small wow. world, you know. It was, small it was, world. It was That's probably right. eight years after the event happened. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, it shed some light on there's, like all military stories, there's, there's always clouds over right. the, maybe the true story or the unbiased story that right. you've heard. And hearing his story of what he came and he saw really it helped me yeah. sort of come to grips with what happened that day um but it was just it was really neat meeting john uh and telling me the story of yeah. hey god's got a plan he yeah. put that he put john in your life to tell you that plan well, and i told scott you've met scott yeah. the guy who yeah. run he's the president of spec ops and he uh i told him i said man i said I, I know why i do this i know why i help i know why i give back um and then you know also the the selfish part of it is yeah. it's a weekend for me to be with only military guys yeah. who get my humor, who for a weekend, I get to pretend that I'm back in that world. That's right. You know yeah, what I mean? That's right. But I told Scott on the ride home when I was sort of debriefing the entire weekend and, you know, given the whole, what, what we all did, and I was telling him about John. And I said, you know, I, I know why I did this, but this confirms everything to me that I was supposed to be doing this. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's, and now I'm on my eighth year yeah. eighth year with them something yeah, like that that's awesome man i'm excited about that program yeah. to be more involved in it i want to oh, be more awesome. involved in it but like uh those guys are like navy seals uh, pararescue guys as first when i was first started in deployment sites the first mm -hmm. sergeant was one that was bedding everybody down sure. right so our, we were told to make sure that navy seals would spread out and pjs <clears throat> would spread out and not be together that way if you know a bomb comes right. in it doesn't take them all out right man, you were not going to spread these guys no. out. <laughs> they're like man look and you ain't going to tell them no it don't matter it don't matter what you got on your sleeves you know i'd say right. hey, you guys got to sleep over here oh no we're going to sleep together and you just don't tell a navy seal you know right. no you ain't going to you know, right. Right. you're going to have to fight you know well they only take one of them but you know, right. fight right. same thing with pjs man so we gave up on that it's like y'all just pick a tent yeah. man. you know because right. we got air conditioning and everything right cable tv in the I'm sure you do. Tents. <laughs> and then put them in a tent then we go up there and stay in saddam hussein's palace you know no but i'll give you know. where, where i was deployed to and this is true and it, it falls into what we're talking about here where i where i was deployed to the army cats we lived in a bee hut very similar i know you guys can't see the size of the room we can but you guys can't uh about the size of this room and there was eight rooms yeah and it was about, I, I tell everybody, if you take two uh, twin-sized beds, lay them on the ground, box them in, and remove one twin, that's your room. Yeah. And uh, our showers, showers, went out all the time. <laughs> we lived close enough to the Air Force yeah. lodging. And, and due to my job in personal security, I had friends in all the right places where I could get into the Air Force barracks, yeah. which was truthfully... A retired hotel right. that the Russians had left right. when they left, and it was nice. Yeah, but the swimming pools got a little crowded sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was tough bumping into people in the pool yeah. in the hot tub. The hot tub was only warm. But they, they, warm. they were always good sports about it, and uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the one guy that I worked with the most from the oh. Air Force, and he was a E8, and he, he would always, hey, Matt, uh, Shower was cold this morning. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, you got a flushing toilet? Nice. The bed was a little lumpy. Like, yeah. How'd you sleep on that floor? You know. Right. But but yeah, you know, I'm, if I'm there's just one little story I'm gonna read you yeah. real quick. I want to case we I don't know what time we got. No, we're good. We got plenty, plenty of time. Plenty of time. I want to make sure I get this in, and the reason I want to get it in is is I'll tell you after after I read it. But this is a story a buddy of mine. He was a Marine. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Lieutenant Cleve McClary. He was a Marine, lost his arm, lost his leg, lost one of his eyes in Vietnam. So this okay. goes back to Vietnam. But uh, at our senior NCO academy, in our first sergeant academy, we'd have this guy come in. He was a speaker. Still mm -hmm. alive. He's from South Carolina. But, uh, but anyway, he, he wrote a book called Living Proof. And uh, he said a, a friend of his in Vietnam tells about a, a young boy in Vietnam. Uh, Lieutenant Bickett arrived in Vietnam just before the Tet Offenses in 1968. After 9,000 civilians were slaughtered by the enemy, uh, our forces recaptured the city and set up an orphanage because there's a lot of young people without parents. Lieutenant Bickle was involved in the work. One of the facilities housing 32 young boys, 4 to t 13 years old, was hit by an enemy mortar attack. An 8-year-old eight, an boy was severely wounded and was rushed to the hospital where he needed a blood transfusion. 
so the lieutenant wanted to give him the blood, but, you know, being American and everything, his blood type, you know, just didn't have the immunity that Vietnamese people, you know, used. And, and so he went back to the orphanage to explain to the children that their friend was going to die unless one of them gave blood. A six-year-old, listen to this, a six-year-old named Kai raised his hand and says, me, me, I'll give, I'll give. So they rushed uh, Kai by Jeep to the hospital, laid him on a stretcher by his friend and prepared the transfusion. A little while in the hospital, uh, after they put the needle in, was inserted into Kai's arm, you know, he started to whimper a little bit. Lieutenant Beckel walked over and asked, he said, son, are you okay? He said, does it hurt? Kai says, no, no, no. A little bit later, he began to cry. Lieutenant Beckel again came over to Kai and said, what's wrong? Are you scared? Does the needle hurt your arm? The little six-year-old, this is the biggest part. The little six-year-old, given the blood to save his friend's life, looked up at the lieutenant and said, how long will it be before I die? You know, Kai had never heard of a transfusion. So mm -hmm. this little kid, a six-year-old, was willing to give his own life so his friend could live so the reason i share that and i don't want to get too i never want to get too serious i try to keep things lighthearted but you know in this county carroll county man our businesses are being blessed there's a lot of people making money and, and i'm proud for you I'm, I'm happy you're successful but man look around and see the needs and try to help some way somehow and i'm not right. just talking for veterans because you guys got a great program you know and i want to be a part of it but i'm talking about the perkins center needs food they run yeah. out of food every day why should the perkins center run out of food when we're living in big houses you know, i'm right. living in a house on the lake man so if i can't afford to give them some food right. then i don't deserve to live there you know, and that's what I do in my gym. I tell people, I'm not saying join my gym, not the other gym. But what I would say is for that other gym, make sure you're giving your part, you know, to the community. And uh, and that's all I would encourage businesses to do. I just wanted to share that story. It's one that stuck with me. I'm, I'm writing a book about my military career and how I transitioned. And that was the last paragraph I had in my book, you know, was about Kai. Because yeah. if a six-year-old was willing yeah. to lay down their life, are we willing to just go to Walmart and buy $50 worth of food, you know, or, or bring a bunch of socks up to my gym and we'll give them. People right. need clothes. Yep. My son, Jordan, when he got here, he took on this. It was a high school sophomore. Had had the same pair of shoes forever, the shoes yeah. he had outgrown. So my son noticed and noted, he talked to him, found out the parents were dead. and So he sort of took him on the, under his wing because people were making fun of him, you know, right. and got him some new shoes and those kind of things. And and uh, and then we helped introduce him to some people in the gym that were right. homeschooled and got him some friends. We helped yeah. create him some friends. And, man, this guy's thriving now. You know, help each other, man. That's all it's gotcha. about. See what you, you know, wake up that day and say, what can I do for my, my community? You know, that's that's what I would beg from from this the, this podcast, man. You know, we're having fun and and we're like the three old ladies. We're all messed up, and, yeah. and I, you know, at Parkinson's nowadays, I lose memory from time to time. But but uh, when I kept my good memory going, you know, I always stress, you know, help each other out, man. That's what it's about. Well, the biggest thing that you know, I I didn't deploy. I yeah. I feel like I didn't. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> the biggest thing that. You know, I, I read these stories and I, I listen to these things and hearing you talk is always powerful. But, you know, Chris, too, and all these different things, it I kept every time y'all said something, something would pop up in my head, but it all comes back to accountability. Yeah. Everybody takes that as a negative thing, but like with Kai, like yeah. for the most part, without, you know, being born with, you know, a disorder or something, fear is taught. Yeah. You know, we're scared of things. We want instant gratification, and we want this, and we want that. Yeah. But that never really gets you anywhere because instant gratification, you, you're always searching for that next period of yeah. instant gratification. I mean, you That's need right. something right then. <clears throat> and, you know, the things that you know, you've know you done with Spec Ops and other things, and, and, I mean, Nick with the touring and yeah. different things, I mean, <clears throat> you may not see it as a lot, but, you know, whether you're religious or otherwise it putting power back in people's hands and yeah. giving them a mission giving them yeah. you know a reason to to go on pay it forward i think is is the yeah. the thing now and you know with cell phones and everything else you know you don't toot your own horn i mean that you you left out a lot of things that yeah, that you do for the I community and, right yeah. and and i'm not going to share them out of you know respect because you know i'm not super religious but 
They don't well, let your left hand I, know I what the right one is doing. They, they but they, as they, time's going, as time moves forward, Rick's going to be back on updating on some things, and, sure. and he'll, he'll be part, you're part of this community. Yeah, I right, mean, it's, absolutely. I feel like I'm part of y'all, man. Yeah, I mean, y'all, you my, are. y'all, my buddies. You and, are. And uh, be proud though you wore that uniform because I had to. That happened a lot in the Air Force. Yeah. We felt like we weren't doing enough because we wouldn't right. get shot at. Right. But man. We were up there watching people and telling you when you were going to get shot at. Right. You know, and our pararescue guys, a whole other group of people, but most of my guys are computer guys flying drones in Las Vegas, and you had to remind them how important they were to the mission to keep you alive, you know, to keep you alive. And me and the Air Force, man, I never got shot at, man. You know, I played spades, you know, up in the AWACS plane, and and but I took pride that I took care of those people that went through a domestic violence situation. Right. You know, I had a guy that his wife was beating him every day. This, this is a true story. Right. His wife was beating him happens. every day, and he was scared to respond. He was military because right. he responded. He's afraid he's going to get in trouble. Yep. And then one day I got a call that, hey, first sergeant, got a, got a kid we found in a closet. They taped him together with his mouth shut. So I go to this house, and they you know, had untaped the kid. and It was two years old, and when the kid would cry, the mama would put Tabasco sauce in its mouth and tape the kid in the closet and put him in there. And this military guy wouldn't respond because he was scared of her. This is the same guy. So right. me, man, I wanted to just beat them both up. Right. You know, I knew I couldn't, but, but right. I, was, I called my guy, and I said, man, let me tell you something. If anything ever happens thing. again, you know, this way, then you're, I'm going to do everything I can to make your life. Miss one Air Force, you know, we're going, you're going to be out. Right. And I said, you need to be a man and step up to the plate. There's a Bible verse. I actually wrote that down today. It said something. I can, let's see, uh, be watchful, stand firm in your faith, act like a man, be strong. Man, I wrote that down this afternoon from Corinthians. But but this guy, you know, in the end, he ended up leaving her, and he got custody of the kids, right. and we barred her from base and all those good things. But, you know, I'm not saying I'm proud. I'm, I'm just, thank God I was there, and I, and I right. asked him to guide me, and I did things right that got that kid to safety. And that's as important as you over there carrying a gun. You know, you wore that uniform, man. Not right. what's that one percent of the the United States wears right. a uniform, and and I never really talk about my rank. I don't put down awards and stuff like that because the thing is, you know, a lot of it's just because you're in the right place at the right time. You know, right. it wasn't nothing heroic that you did, but I'd have people, my friends, that would get promoted, and I have one got promoted to chief. You know, and he said, "No, when I was E eight at the time, he said, "No, when you make chief, you got to act this way." No. You got to be professional all the time and keep yeah. taking care of people. Play and, the part. So and to me speak. and him argued over that yeah. over and over again. And when I made chief, I had to go to a chief. Uh, what's it called? Preparatory school mm-hmm. for two weeks to learn how to wear certain shoes and and uh, <laughs> and where the, where the silverware went. And my general, he said, I just don't even go to try. <laughs> you know, because because you're from Tennessee, man. Just do what you want to do because it seems to be right. working. And because I refuse to let anybody change me, and I. I Stayed sharp, you know, I stayed professional, but I was never going to be nothing more than a country boy from Tennessee that loved people and wanted to take care of people. And that who I, we talked about when I'd walk in my, you know, my troops, I still got troops I keep in touch with today. Even I got some that's two-star generals that I was their instructor when they taught drill. Mm, One two-star in uh, Germany, man, we keep in touch. I sent him t-shirts for the gym. I got pictures of him standing out in front of his base, you know, but, but we, you know, I told, you know, I said, you know, Popeye the Sailor Man was my hero. I, I am what I am. That's all I am. That's right. And that's that's a model I live by. You notice what's on the second floor yep, of my gym? Yep, yep. Popeye. Popeye. Yep. You know, never try to be something you're not, man. You know, we're all equal. We're all God's creation. He's got a plan for all of us. And he's just as proud of you for your mission as he was for me helping that kid, for you with some of the special op stuff that you yep. did. And uh, he had a plan, and, and we're living out the plan, man. Yep. So everybody out there has an equal opportunity to live in that plan. So that's what I want to tell people. Out of jail, man, part of the plan, like Chris Chris Smith, you know, he got a 20-year prison sentence. He would tell you his testimony. Three years later, he's got a – he's on parole. Now he's in charge of nine counties. Yep. It's incredible. Helping people as they get out. And they're telling him after a couple years he can get it all taken off his record because of the job he's doing. And he don't do it for the money. He don't do it for nothing but to help people when i come over today we bump fist in the gym because i told him what i was going to do and we said a prayer together man you know go out there and make sure that this venue gives us an opportunity to tell the need in this county and people step up the plate and start yeah. helping that's what it's about so, and yeah. it's not just seeking people that you know some people seek out people that can do things for them and whatnot uh, but yeah 
and it's as much as you know i think i speak for all of us all vets when we said we appreciate it yeah you know like chris it's not just those coming home you don't know if the person sitting beside you at mcdonald's or the person in line behind you at walmart they may be going through a bad way you may not know anything about them other than you know hair color whatever you know physical things that you can see you may be the person that they need yeah and i mean that's right people are saying different things you know i'm not saying turn around and you know go into a conversation right then but being open-minded to even if you don't feel like you can help because when when we started this i don't bring much to the table i y'all know me i'm a pretty simple person i just you dude know. you drink wine in the toilet that's a right. lot well, that's a lot that's that's, <laughs> that's a, a lot shameless plug <laughs> that's you a know. lot man i like that that's <laughs> putting that on camera is is tough i love to make people laugh yeah, i love to make people's right. day better and things like that but you know it was it's one of those things like it's not going to be a a you know a skit from from a that's tv right. i'm just yep. going to get on there and be me you gotta you be yourself. it's not written down it's <laughs> not rehearsed it. it is almost awkward because it just it is what it is you know it's just me being me on camera and you doing the things that you do is just you being you you doing the things you do is just you being you and you the same i mean it's some you you mentioned about that guy that's more impressive to me than most military awards that i've not most than a lot that i've seen so many people get a bad shake and we all talk you know mess back and forth about the branches and whatnot yeah, yeah, yeah. there are a ton don't, of air don't force you cats dare, that... don't you dare make fun i'll make fun of the air force <laughs> but if you're not part of the group that's it man you better because i mean i'll fight you right. if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about the air force right. and you weren't part of any of them right that's a problem and if you're in a room and you need backup man you say who's in the military yeah, i'm a veteran right. boy they're gonna yeah. back you up yeah you don't you yell who's exactly. in the army <laughs> who's in the, no it's <laughs> You don't want them. Snap it up, man. While, Snap it while we're uh, doing shameless plugs before the end of this episode, uh, Rick, you want to tell us about this uh, this bucked up brand? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, we we have, um, at the gym, we give out a product. You know, what I did is I got a person that was in charge of a biology department to look at all of the different products around the, the world and pick one that won't hurt people, that's got a natural uh, caffeine in it and yeah. like, uh, you know, zero carbs, zero sugar, those type of things. This is a pre-workout here. I brought it out here f- to, for you to do some kind of giveaway, mm-hmm. and and uh, we got this product up at the gym. And, and uh, you know, if you got any type of special program, man, I'm glad to donate stuff so you sure. can help do fundraisers if it's for the right thing, for the right reason. Right. And right. Uh, so I brought a couple out here. This is a pre-workout, and it's one of the healthiest you can – there's no crash from it. It's great. No, it's, That's what we use. That's, yeah. It's literally – it sounds – cheesy i guess but that's that's the one i've done them all that's the only one that you can take or that i've found that for me that i can take yeah and there is no crash i mean it's a new trop i don't know how to say it but no trop it whatever it it promotes that focus and everything it's not just oh i'm just dumb on caffeine let me just go pick up heavy stuff but it focuses you on if I'm having a bad day or something, yeah. I've taken it not going to the gym, you know, half scoop or something. Uh, just to, We did when we were doing this. Yeah, <laughs> We did that in the 23-hour like push. 4 o'clock in the we, morning. We, yeah. we each took a, a dry we scoop did. and just – It's good stuff. I love, and and it, it tastes good. It does. That, yeah, it that's really going to be the next thing. I'm it's, doing a, it's not amino a acid one thing. right now. Yeah, so, yeah. like for, for a pre-workout, it is one of the best-tasting ones yeah. I've ever had. And I like I use it. My wife uses it. It's great. It's it great. And the other products are too. This one, I would say, especially from our conversation, yeah. the hardest thing is getting started. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Wake up and be like, I'm going to take this and see if I want to work out today. But it is one of those things. It will change your day. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. if you go to the gym and you're not sure what to do or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll plug it. I don't care. Yeah. Go to hometown. Yeah. There's always, I've never been in there, even when it's slow, even if it's, you feel kind of awkward. I'm not, I'm not a petite. No. individual no you're not you know? <laughs> no you're not but you go to the gym you go to the gym at least i'm full grown you go to the gym <laughs> overgrown and uh you know it's one of those things if you're ever in there yeah and somebody else is in there i haven't met anybody i th- i don't think in there that if you said hey am i doing this right i'm sorry that that they won't at least spend a minute or two helping you. You know, I see somebody, there's a guy that goes in and I see him benching by himself. Yeah. And I'm like, 
man, should I go say something? And you turn around and there's a guy on either side, you know, somebody's spotting him. There's only it's, one and a half people there. I don't like you're the full one. And then sure. my wife sometimes yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. about it. That's the atmosphere we try to create. You well, know? We oh, can both, great. we can yeah. both lift more than him. So that's, that's something. Yeah. <laughs> we're but, there to help yeah. people, you know, like, uh, like I said, you know, I said I got diagnosed with Parkinson a few years ago and I, I was getting where I couldn't even tie my shoes. So I went to an eight month program, of a friend of mine in Memphis that taught me how to reprogram my brain. Yeah to work with my balance now i shake but i walk i work out i run i do right. whatever i want to do and you know i want to share that with people right. especially older people's losing their balance but right but you were saying that while ago like a guy you don't know what their day's like you don't and man i promise the last downer thing i'll say but and as a first sergeant i had a guy come to me and uh, he was osi agent uh, which is kind of like FBI in the okay. real world, but yeah. but they have access to gun access to guns. We sure. don't all have that in the military, right. you know, in the Air Force. And uh, he was like, my girlfriend broke up with me. Well, mm-hmm. and I'm, this is not this is the kind of funny, but it, the end result wasn't funny. But but you know, my thought process, I wanted to say, man, just get over. There's plenty right. of girls. Right. You know, that was my really that was, the sea. that was my reaction. But I did the right thing. I hooked him up with a chaplain and everything. But that wasn't enough. He did, I didn't know how he was taking that. If it's been me, I'd have said. Farewell. With this right. kid, he went and checked it out and blew his head out that night. He killed himself over a girlfriend. Well, right. to you and I, it may not have been a big deal, but right. you never know how a person is going to react to a situation. Right. Divorce being one thing. I'm talking to somebody on the phone right now from Memphis that somebody connected me up with. I've never met the person, but, you know, he's talked about suicide. He's going through right. divorce, you know, but, but take the time to realize that not everybody's like you. No. You know, with this guy, you know, my thing is I always try to tell everybody, if anybody out there is thinking about suicide and you have kids, you're selfish. Don't do it because your kids are going to need you yep. someday. Maybe not tomorrow, but next year. Or Mine's 38, 34, and 25, and they need me every day now. And uh, so don't be selfish. Don't do that. But make sure you know that everybody's not like you. Right. And uh, just give them a smile, man. Give them some love. Something. What's that faith? Faith, hope, and love, love being the most important thing, yeah. man. That's what we got to focus on. Well, we say it all the time on here. Yeah. The worst thing that ever happened to you is just that. It's the worst thing that's right. ever happened to, to you. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. whether you've been through five bad, bad divorces and, you know, daddy died at a young age, whatever. Yeah. And then the other person, the worst thing that ever happened to them is they dropped their phone off a, off, right. you know, that's it. Off a right. couch. I mean, that's the worst thing that's ever happened that's to it. them. It's all perspective. So. Yeah. Don't judge somebody by how they're right. reacting to whatever they're going through because it. it may not be anything to you, but to them, That's it could it. be the worst thing they've ever gone through. If their internet's down right. for a day, they can travel. Well, if, if nobody <laughs> ever, if nobody like, teaches yeah. you something, yeah. do you know how to build an airplane from scratch? No. Nope. Yes. Because nobody ever taught you. That's it. That's it. Paper airplane. <laughs> nobody yeah. ever taught you. Yeah. You know, you you mentioned that the kid at the gym who who didn't have the parents to show him things. Maybe right. the grandparents something, but. Sometimes you know we're we're from different times, yeah. different generations. If nobody ever teaches you how to deal with something, that's it. You don't magically wake up one day like you know what I'm going to do all this stuff because I just magically know how. Yeah. You know, so look 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 to help people. I mean, that's if it, you've man. got a few minutes out of your day, what, answer, what's your phone, specialty? Man, what is your specialty? My wife, you know, we talk. She's very shy, but man, she's a prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. So her specialty is praying for sure. people. We need people to pray for us, yep. you know, and that's what I tell her. You know, it's a I deal with marriage marriages all the time, and I tell people there's a triangle, man, and and that triangle's got to be closed up with you, your spouse, yep. and God, you know, kind of thing. And and without that, man, you know, it's hard to make it work, you know. And when I when I, I talk a lot about God, but I don't I, with that man, I'm the least perfect person right. in the world. You know, I was in the military. So the, wor- <laughs> the words will slip out sometimes. Then I say, I love you, Jesus. Sorry, please forgive me. And uh, because, you know, with that, I have, with my Christianity, I have a new conscience, but it still didn't make me a perfect person. Right. And uh, those people out there that think they're perfect, man, they're messing up. They need to let everybody know that we're all imperfect, man. You know, right. this is how we get through this old earth together. And ask for help. Ask yep. for help, man, because there's people out there that somebody. will. There's sure. people, I, you know, and we know each other, but, you know, we had not known each other very long because right. I've only lived there two years. But I guarantee I know for a fact I could call either one of y'all at 3 in the morning and you would come to my rescue yep. no matter what the case. You 100%. Just, you know that, man, and you know the same thing with me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's that's what it's all about, man. At least get to, pe- you know, know people at that level. You build your community. That's it. Build which is community. what we're doing here yep. at the Lodge. Yep. Well, Rick, I want to thank you for coming on. Cool, it's been man. a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, and as always, guys, ask yourself, what were you grateful for? That's it. I'm still Matt. I'm Will.
Hey, hopefully I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks. And I'm Nick. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. Nick here from Back to the Lodge. Just want to let you know this episode was brought to you by Mossy Oak, Icy Tech USA, and Higdon Outdoors. Just want to give our sponsors a big thank you to everything that they've done for us. And, hey, if you want to catch us live each Wednesday night from 6 to 7, right here on our Facebook page, Back to the Lodge Podcast. You don't want to miss it. So until next time, we'll see you when we head back to the lodge. Back to the Lodge.